I will say that that whole um, well, imposter syndrome can creep mm-hmm. up a lot of times, especially mm-hmm. when you're in the tech space. And I'm, I've gotten kind of used to being maybe the only woman or the only person of color in the room in a lot of in a lot of different um, stages in my life. And so I just try to make sure that I feel comfortable in my own skin and who I am. And, you know, I just come as I as I am and be who I am. And I think sometimes we try to um, shrink ourselves. Right. And so I would just say, don't shrink. Yeah, that kid was not mine. Uh, welcome, everybody. <laughs> Back to another very strange start of an undisrupted podcast. Uh, Adam, uh, besides yeah. determining uh, the conversation that we were just having, that the <laughs> listeners just got to peek in on, um, what social media platform? There's all these social media platforms out there now, and Twitter last mm-hmm. week, you know, famously, or yeah, in the last couple of weeks, has turned from Twitter to X, and then it changed on our phones, and now we don't know how to say is it X seat or what are we saying instead of tweeting? Um, so. With all of this and your boy Elon changing things up, what, what, what do you think? What's going to rule all and what's going to, how's it going to shake out? You know, it's one of those things that's so challenging right now because there's so many uh, startups, which is, which is really great that we are having c- competition. You know, it's, I think that's oft- often drives the innovation in these platforms, having competition because for so long, uh, Twitter was the, was the beast. It was the only one right. Twitter really no didn't do that much. Yeah, it didn't innovate. You know, the, the most innovation they did was added more characters. That was pretty yeah. much it. The, you know, you could have more characters. But now you have, what, Threads, um, Blue Sky, um, Mastodon, uh, yeah. uh, specific, like, um, you're part of one, uh, K-12 Leaders. That's a specific right. platform um, directed to that. I even heard that LinkedIn is going to be starting up their own thing as well. So there's so many out there it's going to be kind of hard to tell i can't i don't know i i honestly don't know because here's the problem that we're having like because i have a decent following not like you sir on on twitter but you know how do you get the people thank you very much (laughs) how do you get those people to follow you to another place it's like who's remember the thing who's coming with me who's coming with me yeah so i don't have the answer to that one i don't i don't know I, I, I kind of would like threads I, just because there's already people on on Facebook, I guess. And that's the the one that a lot of people already own. But they, they said they've had a drop off in, in subscribers. I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking at mine right now. There's like just a few in my folder. I actually asked um, on every platform I have, uh, the 12 that I'm fair, currently active on, I, I asked people like how, <laughs> and it is 12. I counted it. That's how many I'm checking every day, which is way too many. But I asked people, how many platforms is enough? Like, how many do you have? The average response, I would say, of most people was two to three. Most people pick pick two or three. And like, these are, maybe I have this one Facebook or whatever for my friends and family. And then I have this one that's just kind of like professional. Or maybe they have Instagram that's kind of a mix of both. And so it is, it, it, I, I don't know what's going to rule them all. I do, I do think it's fun that when you are, you have a company that has the, that is out there and is out front and no one, you have no competition. It really makes sense to change it and totally explode it because thank you, Elon. <laughs> now we have all these other things. He, he already doesn't like our podcast anyway, so we can go ahead and say that. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we <laughs> had number- our, our one, one episode they pulled from Twitter for whatever reason. I think it's Elon coming after me. 
but you know. yeah yeah yep yeah famously yeah it was gone it disappeared on the twitters um but enough <laughs> about us and our thoughts on it because we do have a guest patricia patricia brown is the director of technology services at ladue school district there in st louis missouri welcome to the podcast patricia and what are your thoughts what are your what's your feelings on all these platforms hey everybody i'm excited to be here um this is a long time coming so i'm excited as far as your conversation, so let me just say, I'm a TikTok girl. Yeah. I, TikTok. I don't post. Too. I don't post, but I like to watch and learn <laughs> and lurk. I learn so much on TikTok. I mean, it's that's the place. Like when it, when I think about my top three, like I used to have a lot of different uh, social media accounts that I regularly check, but I think like TikTok has like it's like the top with Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And of course, what was formerly known as Twitter has been like (laughs) the The go-to. We're going to say, call it just the artist. (laughs) Formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, but TikTok has really been kind of my go-to. Like you you learn about the good, the bad, the ugly of the world. And it's like, let's just, let's just learn. So. And is it all, is it all professional things that you're learning on TikTok? I assume. Of course not. (laughs) Of course not. Like I said, the good, the bad, bad the ugly, the anything ugly. you want to know about, it's there. It's on TikTok. So, but I, I do love how I see a lot of teachers are creating really cool TikToks, like tips and tricks. It's like it's cool to be able to do something within that little frame of like one minute, two minutes, or thirty yep. seconds. And so you have to like be really concise. There's this one young lady that does. Um, she's actually from St. Louis area. Was one of my former students. She does like these videos with she's an art teacher and she creates these songs uh, and she actually shows kids how to how to uh, animate or draw an image using like vocabulary and things in in the art world. But really cool, like to music or rap or whatever. So, yeah. So it's a lot of great things out there, I I would say. I I hired my uh, 14 year old social media manager to help me with my TikTok account. (laughs) My daughter, oldest daughter. And so now in the last two weeks, we've put out a Hooked on AI series, which is a little video short snippets about AI. And she's helping yeah. me kind of use the because it has really good closed captioning. The editing's pretty mm-hmm. clean. I mean, you can yeah. do a lot of really fast stuff and just get it up there. And I was surprised at how quickly we could generate that content. Um, and also Absolutely. I should shout out, I should shout out right now. You, there's, I just realized when we were, Adam and I were coming on the show that there is a, a good friend of mine that's been in your school district for forever, Don Goble who does all the media technical stuff. And I just texted him. I said, I'm interviewing Patricia. And he's like, oh, I love Patricia. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. We're so actually you... working the same building. So I get to see that... Don all the time. So yeah. Don's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's never been on the podcast. You beat him to the podcast. Oh, come on, Don. Oh, yeah. You got to get make on the sure, podcast. Yeah. Make sure you tell. Well, we may not. We haven't invited him yet. So you may have to yeah, see yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Don. If you're listening, to, if you're listening to this, it's not it, we. It's not that we don't want you. It's just that we want mm. Patricia first. Oh no, no. There you go. There you go. Mm. No, okay. Really. All right. <laughs> There's levels to this. There's levels yeah. to this. Levels. Okay. <laughs> we are best. And you know what? You mentioned TikTok, and I I've heard rumors that TikTok is actually releasing a Twitter like. Um, space where you can have text-only posts within TikTok. Wow. Well, then so, that's uh, yeah. all we need is TikTok. We don't need anything else. Just TikTok. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. After the show, I'm gonna find you and follow. Well, you don't post anything though. Yeah, that's right. Never mind. No, I don't post anything. Yeah, <laughs> I just watch. Just lurk. Yes. 
just lurk, lurk, lurk and share. Because uh, I know, yeah. like, if I get one more post from my wife, uh, some videos on TikTok or Reels or something, I'm, I know I'm, I'm at least 15 videos behind. Um, I can always right. tell uh, when, when she doesn't have anything to do. I get that, too. Yeah. I yeah. get yes. a bunch of them. Well, there's TikToks yes. that, about people who send TikToks to other people who don't watch the TikToks. So. This is like in, Inception of, of TikTok. It's so meta. Yes. Wait, wait, meta is something different. Sorry, that's a different social platform. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Patricia, uh, let's hop into this real quick. So, you know, uh, we, go, we go back like elbows on all this, uh, our, our time in education and, and ed tech. Um, so let me ask you this. Now that you have uh, completed your first year as the Director of Technology Services, um, what is something that you learned this year or this past year that um, either you wish you knew before going in or that you are going to use going into year two? Oh, so much. Let's just let's just start by the fact that my district is going through major renovations and construction. So out of our eight buildings, five of them are under construction. So oh, wow. I walked into the position with a whole new elementary school being built from the ground up. Um, two of our elementary schools being going under major like uh, renovations and additions. Middle school, same thing. And then we got two elementary schools now that are getting brand new gyms. So let's start there. I had no background in construction. However, I needed to be able to talk the construction language as I am meeting with the low voltage people, with the networking folks, with all of those and being able to hold people accountable for decisions that I didn't make. And so we're looking at, you know, me coming in and a, a few other people who were transitions during this like two year process. And now we're actually, you know, working with the construction crews. And there's so many different layers to this, so many different languages that I did not understand. I do um, understand now how, how money plays a role in the decisions that we make, um, rather it be. Um, from a lens of someone in the business office versus someone from curriculum and instruction versus someone from the technology space. We all have different lenses and what we think and value as what needs to be put into classrooms. So value engineering is a term that I learned during this year. Whereas, mm -hmm. okay, you go, yes. So I really understand that and how, okay, we have this um, as a plan, but it's not in the drawings. You know why? Because value engineering, they took it out. However, we still need it. So now we need to figure out on the back end how <laughs> we're going to make this happen. So a lot of that has happened. So that's one layer. The other layer is this whole cybersecurity um, requirements that are happening. We have a lot of districts in St. Louis that were hit with some unfortunate experiences. And so fingers crossed, I don't have any wood to knock on, but um, nothing happens in our district, but just looking at some of the 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 new um, the new regulations that our insurance company has added that mm -hmm. requires us to do things that teachers don't like or staff don't like. Okay, two factor. Right. Okay, I don't want two factor. I don't want to have to log into my Google and then look on my phone or an email or you know all those things that I'm like, okay, we have to do this. Um, so things. So what I've learned is, of course, those things. And what I've also learned is um, it's about having a team that you all can work together, 
Um, there's trust and collaboration. We're speaking from a we voice, not an I voice. So regardless of what decisions were made, when we're in this space, we can talk it out. We can hash it out. We can disagree. But when we go out, we're united fronts, like mom and dad. Like yeah. we, we might be in the back, you know, talking about it, but we're like, okay, the technology department, we are saying mm-hmm. this and not just, well, Patricia, the new director, she decided, blah, blah, blah. No, we, we're doing all this together. So <laughs> I have a great team. Everybody's on board. So it's been good. The, the last thing I think I, I've learned is, well, not the last thing. The last thing I'll share is um, a lot of times in a technology world, we're very people dependent. And we don't necessarily have, we have things in our head. Okay, I've always done this. I know how to do this process, blah, blah, blah. But we don't necessarily have it documented. And so if someone were to leave, they leave with all the knowledge, all the historical knowledge, all the information. It's like, okay. So I've been working this year to really work across different departments, create some processes, procedures, all of that. So it is written and documented so that the next people who come along will have something to, to go on. So. Those are just a little few things. Oh, yeah. I'm Hopefully, so glad you I mentioned like that. the innovation, which is what I really enjoy. Right now, I'm just trying to make sure there's internet working in all the buildings. <laughs> yeah. Firewall, <laughs> internet. Right. All of that. Devices. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that piece about the procedures, because I know that was one thing that I worked on during my time um, in Newton was we we used a OneNote. We, I, I was like, okay, this is our living kind of document. We had tabs for various things. Because we, it was like you said, people did things and it was kind of like how we did it, but it wasn't written down anywhere. Like, right. you know, how long do we keep this open? How long do we, you know, uh, before we delete an account? What's the process to do this or that? Like, people did it, but no one knew how it was done. It just got done. Just Carl right. just did it, it and done. it was taken care of. Yeah. But if Carl but as got soon sick as that or person leaves and it doesn't get done, you're like, oh, that's right. That person used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Yep. I know you also, also you serve on the ISTE board. So just to keep yourself more busy, I guess, because you just have a lot on your plate. Um, and I saw you're an ADE. Are you an Apple Singers Educator? What I year? am. I am. 2019. Oh, see, class of 2013, the best class, but that's okay. Um, you... No, the best <laughs> class ever was 2019. They always do that. I don't know why they do that in ADE. We always have to <laughs> say know. our class is the best. Um, right. You serve on the ISTE board, and I know there's a lot of changes going on there with ASCD and all that. What has being a board member on an organization, a global organization like that, what has that brought to your current role? Like, how does that help you in your current? Because that's a, that's a lot mm-hmm. to give of yourself in a volunteer capacity, too. I know you and Adam yeah. are both on that. Yeah. Actually, I really think ISTE really helped me in the position that I, to even get the position that I have. Being able to have the experience and working with global leaders across, you know, even across the country, across the world, and really seeing the future of technology and education and how it all is going to marry together. One of the things that I thought was super important um, from my experience being on the ISTE board and just observing and, and networking with other districts is, is marrying that curriculum and instruction and technology. So right now our department in our district is housed under curriculum instruction. So I report to the assistant superintendent of curriculum instruction and our whole team is under that. So everything curriculum supports technology, technology supports curriculum. And I learned a lot of that through just how the ISTE space, um, the ecosystem of the ISTE space and looking at like the standards and how all that is aligned and looking at how you select ed tech products and having some, you know, 
some procedures and policies and 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 supporting of the best ed tech tools um and making sure that what you're using is you know the bang for your buck and also you know valuable and relevant for your students so i think now that we're married to ASCD, I think it's going to even be more powerful because, you know, they have a strong sense of that curriculum. They also have a strong sense of working with district leaders. And those are the folks that are making the decisions. So the decision makers in the room. Um, so I think overall, it, the experience, and I'll just have to say this past ISTE was amazing. Um, you know, I feel like we're getting back to the normal stuff, but even just elevating and evolving even more. So it's been great for me. Cool. So, so Patricia, let me ask you this. Um, you're somewhat of a unicorn in, in this space. Uh, and, and, and I say this because when you start looking at the cabinet level director, CTO um, in technology, very rarely are there is it led by a woman and even rarer a woman of color um, in this role. So for the listeners out there who may be um, aspiring to become that in, in that position or for a tech leader um, that's looking to help hopefully uh, allow a platform, provide a platform for someone on their team to become elevated at some point in time. Uh, what kind of advice can you give someone out there? Because, you know, we see a lot of folks of color, um, women, they will get the specialist role, the coach's role, but it, breaking through that ceiling to that cabinet level is very challenging. We've had this conversation before. So what's what advice could you give someone who's out there saying, I, you know, that's where my goal is. I want to get there. Yeah. Um, it, that's interesting because I, if you would have asked me five six years ago, I probably would have told you that I wasn't interested. Like I just, mm-hmm. that wasn't wow. something I wanted to do. And then, you know, as I navigated it, I learned more, I um, um, experienced more things, even getting on the ISTE board. I was like, I kind of like this leadership thing. Like I want to be in the space in the room where we're making decisions and, and I have a, a seat at the table it definitely comes with its challenges. As, as I mentioned before, I'm working with construction folks. I'm working with my team, which my team is 90% male. Um, mm-hmm. and Well, maybe 98% male because it's only <laughs> two females. <laughs> and wow. so we definitely um, have to learn to speak the language. Now, what I do have in my favor is I am mom in chief of five boys. And so I live in a house of six other men, <laughs> males. So I'm kind of used to that, you know. You know how you speak, you speak our you speak our language. I, speak, I got you. I can speak the language a bit. You know, simple so words. it's helpful, yeah. right? <laughs> but I would say, as far as advice, I think you have to be ready. Like, don't get ready, be ready. So for mm-hmm. me, um, the opportunity presented itself, but I have been preparing myself for years for what what I wanted to do. So I, any workshop I could attend, any training I could I could um, participate in, even giving myself opportunities to be in front and um, present and share and, 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 and do some things within the space. I wanted to perfect my craft as much as I could. So the advice I would, would give is to make sure that you are ready for whatever is going to come your way, you know, because for me, it was something that was... Um, not necessarily that I strive for initially, but I knew that there was some 
leadership in me. Like my mom always tells me, you you got a leader in you. I already knew like from the day you were born. I'm the oldest of four. So I'm kind of, I'm not going to say I'm, I could be bossy. I'm not going to say that. I'm just going <laughs> to say I know a, a great way to, to do something. And so <laughs> I'm going to share it with everybody. I but, served no. with you on the committees. Uh, no, I would not describe you as bossy at all, at all, at all. Nope. Okay, Mm-mm. good. Mm-mm. Okay, no, good. sorry, Bob. <laughs> So, <laughs> no, yeah. um, but I would just say just just creating those that those opportunities for yourself when it comes to just investing in you, like making sure that you're knowledgeable, you understand the whatever field that you're interested in so that, you know, you feel like you have a, a, a seat at the table. I will say that that whole um well, imposter syndrome can creep mm-hmm. up a lot of times, especially mm-hmm. when you're in the tech space. And I'm, I've gotten kind of used to being maybe the only woman or the only person of color in the room in a lot of in a lot of different um, stages in my life. And so I just try to make sure that I feel comfortable in my own skin and who I am. And, you know, I just come as I as I am and be who mm-hmm. I am. And I think sometimes we try to um, shrink ourselves, right? And so I would just say, don't shrink. You know, I think a lot of times that is what these roles are all about—just giving yourself that opportunity. And based upon you know what you bring to the table, which is a different perspective than what the majority of people in this tech field bring just walking your confidence and knowing that, that you have something to bring to the table. You know, if, if I can kind of follow up on that, cause I know uh, you mentioned the imposter syndrome and for those of you listeners not aware of it, please look that up and kind of, or, and do your read reading on that. I'm sure my, our good friend Ken Shelton can give you a book on that. Um, do you, I know at times when I'm in those spaces uh, and I, I've, I still struggle with this at times, I feel an additional pressure if I'm the only black male in the room to quote unquote represent it's mm-hmm. okay. When, when this, when something around DEI comes up or whatever, it, you know, it's kind of like people look towards me in the rooms like, Hey, Adam, black guy, what do you think? Yes. Um, answer. You know, yeah. Yeah, kind of like the same thing I felt in elementary school when we started talking about the Civil War and slavery came up. Like, hey, so Adam, like, I don't know. You know? <laughs> I'm <laughs> the, eight. The what pressure. do I know about the Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the pressure. So do you ever have those situations where you're in that space and uh, the pressure of speaking out about DEI falls upon your shoulders because it hasn't been, it, you know, it's an opportunity to talk about it and no one in the room does it. Do you feel that there's an additional pressure upon you to be the advocate or spokesperson about DEI if it's not being on the forefront of individuals' minds um, around conversations dealing with technology or or things of that nature? You know, Adam, it's actually been the opposite for me. A lot of times those conversations aren't happening at all. And the people in the room don't even have the perspective or the lens or the knowledge and so for me, I'm the one that's like, hey, we need to talk about this. We actually, have you thought about X, Y, Z, or are we forgetting? Or like, I, I feel like a lot of times I'm that one that is bringing that perspective that wasn't there, that people mm-hmm. aren't even aware of that. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. So I don't necessarily look at it as pressure. I think of it more so as kind of like my lane and my responsibility and my perspective um, to address those things and to bring them up. 
because again, I, I feel like we can have a whole conversation and it's never brought up and it's really directly related to it, but nobody's bringing it up. And I'm just like, well, hey, hey, wait, wait a minute. Wait, l- mm-hmm. let's, let's roll back a little bit. Let's talk about this a little bit more. Have you thought about? Um, and so there's been so many different instances where it has been, you know, an all white male conversation or all female conversation. No males are present or no per- people of color are present. And then I'm in that space or I'm the only one. And I'm just like, okay, we do need another perspective. Now I don't want to ever be the spokesperson for anybody. (laughs) I'm a spokesperson for myself and I advocate for others and I advocate for our children, especially. And so whenever I'm given that opportunity to speak on that, I will, but I'm not going to say I'm the spokesperson for everything because we're not a monolithic group. In any way, shape, or form, and we all have different ideas and and, and visions and thoughts, and so um, I'll never say I'm speaking for, but I will advocate and I will speak up when I know that there's a conversation that needs to be had. That's so important that mono, not being a monolithic group. I think that's a you know when you add diverse thought to any type of environment, any type of team, your creativity is also going to increase because now all of a sudden you have oh mm-hmm. I never even thought about that perspective. As long as you have an environment and a culture that's willing to actually listen to those things, I think that's so important too. So that's the it, key. It, yeah, I'm glad you're at that level because I, I wonder what conversations were happening before you got there, right? What were they even considering some of this stuff? Cause they, you know, especially in the tech field, we just kind of b- just go forward. We don't really think about these things. Oh, there's this new mm-hmm. thing coming out. It's AI. What are we going to do? But, you know, so talking about AI, how are you, what are your thoughts on it as a tech leader? What are you doing? Um, you know, what do you get? What's Ladue's take on it? What, you know, are you, is it blocking? Is it, you know, and then, and kind of just give us your thoughts on it overall and, and going forward. Yeah, I, I'm super excited about it. Um, I know Adam and I have had conversations and, you know, it's it's a it's a hot, hot topic. Um, as far as what we're doing as a district is we, we put together a task force and we want to really dive deep into what is AI and how it will benefit, how it will support our students, our teachers. We brought together um, a team of teachers, some district leaders, myself, of course, to kind of talk about it. Because it's like the elephant in the room. Like we know ChatGPT is here. We know all these other tools are there, but y'all gonna act like it don't exist and we're just gonna block it. And we just, no, we have to talk about it. And what I am really passionate about is not limiting the conversation to ChatGPT and specific tools, but bringing it up to a higher level, big picture. And what is AI in general? How is that going to affect the future of education? Um, I know that the U.S. Department of Education has done a lot of research and have created some really great guides and how it uh, how it supports. But if we get super focused on, well, kids are going to cheat. Well, if they can Google your answer to your assignment <laughs> anyway, they're already cheating. They're already mm-hmm. doing these things. Years, yeah. yeah, they've been doing that. You know, when Google, when Google says Google it, that's the same thing. <laughs> Yeah. But thinking out on on the for me, what I get super excited about is some tools like t- um, Teach FX. I don't know if you've heard of that, and what what that is an AI tool that basically um, teachers can use to help re- help them in reflecting on their practice. So it basically uses the AI technology to listen in on a conversation or a class lesson. And it can basically pull out data to say, how much is the teacher talking? How much are the students talking? What kind of questions are being asked? What kind of, uh, what kind of uh, ideas can you capture 
uh, from the conversations that's happening in the room. I was like, that is super, super powerful. As a instructional coach, as a teacher, you can start those coaching conversations. Hey, you, and on an average of 50 minute class period, you were talking for 40 minutes and you only gave mm-hmm. your kids 10 minutes to really have conversations. Okay, now let's drill down on what was those conversations happening in those 10 minutes. So those are really cool things. And then just looking at data overall, like it takes such a long time to go through a process of, okay, identifying a student that has a, has um, an area of focus that they need for instruction. Okay. And then drilling down on exactly what they need and creating learning targets and all that. I really see AI helping us oh, and yeah. really taking data doing whatever it does in that virtual IT space with AI and developing some really great strategies and tools and resources that kids can use. I found one that was super cool for me. I can't even remember the name of it right now, but basically I can, as a, from a text perspective, when I'm wanting to be able to share a process or a procedure or, or information on how to do something within a, a specific app, there's a tool that I can go in, I go to the website, I do all the different things that I'm doing, going through the steps, and it's recording my steps, yeah. it's writing out the uh, the directions for it, and then they'll send a link to whoever needs it. Like, life-changing. Like, I wish I had that years ago when I was typing out PDFs on, you know, directions <laughs> and doing screenshots and, you know, all oh, those yeah. things, you know? So I think the future of AI is incredible. To your point earlier, Carl, the bias that comes a part of it, like there's also some dangers and some things that we need to be aware of and understand, especially if we're going to release this tool to students. But I think overall, there's so many great, there's so, I think we're seeing just a little bit of the future of what it's actually going to be and benefit Mm -hmm. for our students. Yeah, that's right. Definitely. I mean, I just think about the whole uh, component where you're talking about uh, taking data because um, we we kind of want teachers to be all things to all people, especially data analysts, and they're you know they're they're not uh, even yeah even in uh, assessment generation. Uh, you know, we all took a course maybe in in college on that, but realistically, how well can we do that without having our own mm-hmm. personal bias in there? So, using the AI to help generate questions based on the data where the deficiencies are in our students and to be able to kind of elevate that as it goes through that learning process, I think can really elevate and do that whole mm-hmm. thing that we talk about, which is differentiate instruction and learning for our students. It gives mm-hmm. the foundation to do a lot of that stuff and hopefully yeah. take some stress off of teachers, assessment coordinators, yeah, tech directors, right. and everybody. So uh, Patricia, we always like to ask our guests uh, going into the the school year and everything that's going on. And you kind of said some of this stuff earlier, but what are some things that you do to keep yourself undisrupted? Yes, um, I'm still struggling with that. Um, I always talk about work-life balance and it being just a difficult thing, especially when you're new to a role. So finishing out my first year, I have learned that I have to create a balance, even though I want to jump on my laptop after I left work, get get home, get settled, then jump back on my laptop and work for another two hours. I can't do that. So self-care has been super important for me this year um, and just moving forward, making sure that I'm taking care of me and also looking at what I value and what I um I want most in my life. And that is happiness. That is to be able to spend time with my family. I want to relax. So relaxing to me means I'm going to do some, you know, 
me time where I'm going to get my hair done or nails done or getting a massage or whatever, or also getting my hands done <laughs> or also just doing mindless things like just scrolling through TikTok, you know, just watching and, and laughing and, and enjoying the humor that is out there in the world. So I think just for me, you have to put yourself first because if like they say on an airplane, if you don't put your mask on first and take care of you, you can't take care of everybody else. And I take care of a lot of folks. You know, I, I'm a mom of a lot and, and a loving husband who takes care of me as well, but we have to take care of each other. So it's just important that I take some time for me. She's Patricia Brown, everybody. You can follow her on TikTok at, no, <laughs> I don't have your TikTok handle. Uh, where can people find, seriously, where can people find out more about you and your great work? Where where do you, where do you post yeah. what you're on? Of course, you can come visit me in my district in Ladue School District in St. Louis. Pop in anytime. Well, not pop in anytime, but let me know you want to come and, and, and see the work that we're doing. But I'm little district outside of uh, St. Louis. Or... <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're a little small district in, in the Ladue area. But um, you can find me on 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 social media at Miss Ed Techie. So that's M S Ed T E C I E, Miss Ed Techie, um, and we can connect. Well, thank you so much for joining us and being a part of the podcast. And for our listeners out there, be sure to subscribe and like and follow and all that other fun stuff. And of course, always I always try to encourage people to check out the YouTube stream of this as well, because then you get to see Adam's amazing knuckles that he likes to share with our guests at all times. There they are again, everybody. Okay, now put them away. Put them away. Um, yes, yes. This has been this has been the Undisrupted Podcast brought to you by Alfred. He's Adam, and you can follow him at Ask Adam Three. And he's Carl, and you can follow him at Mr. Hooker. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, we are better together. And we are better. Undisrupted. Uh,